know, Ben, uh, it's been said many times, including in the Bible, that, you know, every man has a cross to bear. You know, everyone has their the, – the load that they carry through life, the, the, sh the burden that they shoulder. And, you know, mine is uh, just being so fucking right about Dak Prescott, uh, despite all the doubts of other people on this podcast, other fans of the Cowboys. You know, my it's, – sometimes it's difficult to just be so fucking correct amongst so many incorrect people that if it's a lonely existence i'll be honest with you i feel feel alienated here at the top of the intellectual mountain do you feel validated i mean yes but also like i'm just so glad he snapped out of it and he played well that was i mean more than anything i just wanted him to be good so that we could feel okay and that felt so good that was the best so i've been waiting ever. for like i said my i if you if you listen closely to the last pods, I have been critical, but but saying he's playing bad now is not the same as saying he's going to continue to play he, bad. He heard Those you are different him arguments. And Taylor Heineke in the same sentence, dude. And he they were. Fucking, I I did well, not say that. He, he the heard same. you. He heard you. That's all I'm saying. I did not say they're the same player. I said they are playing at the same level, and we are waiting to see a get right game. Our uh. By the way, this is boys will be boys. This is Benjamin Walker. Andy Gatelli. Uh our friend Zachary Love is in health and uh safety and health protocols. He's he's he will not be joining us. So fucking uh, Omicron, dude. This shit sucks. It's like yeah. airborne. It's like it's supposedly by all medical accounts, like my wife told me that it's uh not nearly as harmful. Like you you're less likely to be hospitalized and stuff, which is great. Uh obviously we want people to just not not be harmed, but it is like way more contagious. So this shit is fucking everywhere right now. I thought it was the fact that Zeke had two back, two two big fat TDs, and you know the Pollard gang. You know, is a little quiet. he didn't want to show up. Yeah, I, I think there's a he little didn't bit want to of that show too. Up. You know, he was just a little bit nervous. So. But oh, um, but yes, yeah, no, it, we, it was the uh, it was the get right game uh, of the year. Uh, your Dallas he, Cowboys, Zachary the Love Washington. has been a. He has been predicting the get right game for about four weeks now. So he finally hit one. Yeah. Though. He finally hit one. That he did. That he did. Uh, the Cowboys get right in a huge way. Uh, they win 56 to 14 over the hated Washington football Woo! team. Uh, this game had it all. Say, man. That, the Washington say that score again. Say that 56 score to 14. Uh, it was Goodness. 42 to 7 at halftime of this particular contest if you can even use that label on on something as one side as this um this one had a lot of uh had a lot of baggage heading into it so a couple weeks ago the cowboys kind of sneak away with one in fedex you know they they only win by a touchdown they've been up you by know, a lot of points but they let them back into it that was a narrative they went up 18 nothing they just played bad after that but it yeah, never they took really their was foot off doubt. the gas you know, Dak threw that really ugly pick six. But outside of that, I mean, even if you look at, like, those win probability charts, which I'm not saying they're gospel, like the highest Washington got at one point was 70% or something, 60%, like Cowboys favor. Yeah. So 40%, I should say, sorry for them. Uh, I don't even know it was that high. So we controlled that whole game. We just couldn't score touchdowns. And then this time, Andy, was the opposite. You know, we controlled the whole game, but we actually scored touchdowns. 
Yeah. And this one had uh, some extra sauce to it. So, uh, you know, Washington has made a huge deal. Their media has made a huge deal about the Cowboys bringing their own benches to FedEx. FedEx is a notoriously, uh, thanks to the amazing stewardship of Dan Snyder, a.k.a. Mr. Snyder, um, FedEx Field has had season ticket holders, uh, Washington season ticket holders, who are insanely loyal despite the product on the field. They've been paying more for season tickets every year for 25 years. The stadium is horrific. Um, last two weeks ago, there was actual shit water pouring out of a pipe onto platinum section seating. So there were people paying like two grand to get literally shit on. Um, horrible sight to see. But as part of that horrific stadium, uh, the visitor bench is not warm. So every most NFL state, modern NFL stadiums have like electronically warmed benches, especially in colder climates. So like Lambeau Field. Mm-hmm. Places like that, they're they're not going to make you sit on an icy hard bench. You know, these are guys that are these are franchises worth billions of dollars. So the Cowboys brought their own benches. They're like, "Fuck it, dude! This is a seven billion dollar team. We'll bring our own benches." And the and the Redskins just made or the Washington football team just made the biggest deal about like, oh, as if you couldn't hate the Cowboys more. They're bringing their own benches. This is the worst story in sports this year. Like, if I if this is twenty twenty one, I could nominate. The worst story in sports. It was this benches fucking story. That Benchgate. So everybody had to make a two comment. Weeks, on. Two weeks later, Washington's coming to Dallas, and they decide they're gonna. Oh, check this out. We're bringing our own benches with our logos. Yeah, and we were like, our, and every and literally the entire nation was like, okay, okay. like <laughs> fine, good, I guess. Like, congrats. So. They roll in. They got their benches. The team is tweeting pictures of the benches. And weirdly, the benches would come into play. Um, We'll get there in a little bit. But right out of the gate, the Cowboys started with the ball. And it did look momentarily like we were going to get more of the same. Uh, The Cowboys move the ball. They get a first down. And then on a – after two back-to-back sacks, they're at third and 16. They try this kind of like hook and lateral play. It goes terribly. Okay, do you think that was designed? I don't think it was designed. Or did they say? I think it was designed because I know that the Jets did the exact same play like a month ago. And I know Kellen is like the biggest thief. And I think the fact that it was Cedric Wilson called to get the ball on third down and Amari waiting over there by the sideline, I think it was a design play because – to be, fair, designated to be thrower. fair to Cedric, that was a good throw by Cedric. Amari fucked that yeah, up. If that, if, that was Amari... designed, if, if that was designed, Cedric did not fuck that up. Amari fucked that up. Just to be Agreed. Clear. I'll say this. Amari had a good game. Great um, game. Great fucking and game. Going into this week, Amari, which is very uncharacteristic of him, he called out diplomatically, the offense. Diplomatically. Very diplomatically asked for more catches <laughs> and more targets, which he got. And I think we, had, we saw a drastic effect of that. I will say this: his best game since very week, uh, uncharacteristic, week eight. Uncharacteristic drops from Amari in this game. This one, there was another one later down the sideline that was I. I would have just picked Amari to catch a hundred times out of a hundred. Now I, I know I'm nitpicking and splitting hairs here. He had a tremendous like game, great game. Yeah. I have zero zero complaints about this game, but I was just kind of like, huh, that's weird. Like he's a he's a pretty sure-handed guy as of late. So, but. This play goes awry, and so they have to punt. And so you're kind of like immediately right out of the gate. You're like, God, here we go again. It's going to be another one of these days. 
Well, Washington, this is so strange to me, dude. I get it. You got Terry McLaurin, who is a great player. He is the only draft pick on Washington beyond the first round who has panned out in probably two decades, and they love him. And I understand why. He's an amazing receiver. Gibson some, but if you're talking receivers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's McLaurin is like a truly like a top 10 at his position guy. And but the first play of the game, they decide they're going to go deep. They run a they run double goes. So both receivers on the outside are going deep. You got McLaurin with Trayvon Diggs on him, and you have whoever the other guy is with a making his first NFL start, Kelvin Joseph guarding him. Boss man fat back in the action. And you decide that instead of testing a rookie with zero game experience, you're going to try to just throw it at maybe the best ball hawk in the NFL, and it goes as you would expect. Diggs comes down with number 11. He ties it. They immediately cut the camera up to the box. Um, Aiden Diggs fucking dancing his Aiden, ass Aiden off. Everson Walls being like, Everson Walls is up there with uh in his box with his kid and Michael Gallup's uh wife and son. They're all friends, I guess. Um ties uh his record, incredible. Um most picked yeah, in the Cowboy it, season, man. And he's so he's got two games left. He can still break the record. Uh <sighs> that'd be this nice. Is crazy. I'd like that. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like we we talked about it when he had five games or whatever. And if you had told me he would have five picks this year, I'd be like, oh, tied. If you had told me that seven picks this year, I would say, holy shit, like this kid is a stud. He's 11, dude. I, I, none of my dreams that I imagine. Let me ask you this. Have you ever seen an NFL game where they display or draw attention to the number of yards given up in coverage a corner has? That is a stat I was completely unaware of and not unless year. they're really bad well i just mean like dude every time they bring up digs now like every comment section even on, on during the game they showed the graphic they're like he's given up the most yards of any corner in coverage and i'm not saying digs it's some weird down corner it's weird as, as the guy on this pod who's like a russell westbrook fan honestly the only time i see it's like when russ has a good game it's like but look at his turnovers look yeah, at how many it's, shots it, it it's like all right like that. it's like, like it's like we'll give him a compliment but look at this and it's like well and i get you're trying to paint a full picture and i'm not saying and i'm not saying digs, digs i just may not never even heard be... how many yards Xavier howard gave up last sure. year in coverage. Oh, dude, i have no or, idea tradavius white or whoever and if it's and it might be a really small number, but I, you know, if that's a stat you keep, then I don't understand why this is the only player who we all know of. And dude, Andy shut down Terry a, McLaurin in both these games. Who we just dude, said he's a great player. He's locked down McLaurin. He locked down Justin Jefferson. Like this dude has eaten yeah, some Justin sh- Jefferson's and shadowed least some yards really good in a game. His least yards in a game this season and least catches in a game this season was with Diggs guarding him. So yeah, so like, yeah, I mean, I've watched him give up some big plays here and there. I've watched him give up plays in zone coverage, which I don't think it's, I think it's insane to hold those yards against a corner who's like supposed to pass him off to a safety and then gets, they both get took and it's on digs. Well, it's weird but, that Jalen Ramsey always talks about that. Whenever Jalen Ramsey gets beat on a play, he's like, well, I mean, I'm not going to throw my teammate under the bus, but let me tell you, it wasn't my fault. <laughs> 
<laughs> which probably like which almost all experts are like yeah it probably wasn't Jalen Ramsey's fault he's just very quick to point that out like Diggs will if he's like yeah that's on me even when like you know that that Patriots play is a perfect example he's the pick six and then it comes yeah. back and I think he gave him a little bit too much leverage but it was probably the safety's fault I can't remember who was the safety on that play like Diggs definitely lets him get a little bit ahead Kazi's yeah, Kazi should have but he he's thinking dude. he's thinking the dude should be here and so yeah. at the end, that's on him. But I don't know if he necessarily played that that poorly. Well, and it's it's been focused on so much that I literally see people all over the place being like, "Yeah, Diggs is actually not very good. He just gets a lot of interceptions," which is a crazy. They're trying to turn him into like James Winston. That's a that's a crazy dumb. compound yeah. sentence to create. Like, yeah. he sucks. He just gets a lot of interceptions. Like, well. Then he doesn't really suck. Like he might not be a elite. You can say if you want to make the case that he's like not the greatest cover Dude, corner. Has anyone done that on any guy who gets sacks? Be like, well, I mean, on most plays he actually gets blocked, but on the plays he doesn't get blocked, he gets a sack, and he kind of sucks. Oh, but well, like... I did. I did see someone when uh, when uh, Micah got his sack in this game. There were tons of Washington fans being like. Dude, he's almost unblocked on every play. He literally hasn't been blocked on any of the sacks he's gotten this year. Dude, I was like, would... Yeah, you're right, dude. He's gotten 13 sacks, and in week 16, they're, li- they're Look, leaving I... Micah Parsons unassigned. You're right. We we shit on our rivals all the time, and I will shit on Washington all the time for a lot. A guy I've never shit on is Chase Young, who's very good. Micah blows him out of the water. And I'm not, that's not even an insult to Chase Young. Micah has literally blown him out of the water statistically yeah. and – every category Micah so Parsons to- has blown Lawrence Taylor out of the water this at this point in his career like it is what it is like yeah Micah Parsons has fucking 13 sacks dude he's that's that's animal numbers for a rookie, is he a half sack away from the record yeah no the rookie one record? and a half you need 14 and a half is it 14 and a half record. oh damn I thought it was 13 he might get yeah. it still John curse dude that man was a bad man, dude. 14 and a half for sacks free. as a rookie. You don't get you the imagine nickname, when but... he did that, how what people were reacting to that. Like they were like, a rookie? Like he was like the first, like, hey, you're really big, but you're also really fast. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, and they like people they were just figuring out. They were like, people are passing more. If we had a guy that just killed the quarterback on every play, they couldn't pass as much. That's good. Yeah, but brainwave. I I know they play like Diggs gets way more disrespected than Parsons. I feel like Parsons does get a lot of the love, rightfully so. Diggs, like, and and go back to the yards thing. Like, I've said this, and even if that's a true stat, like very true, and he gives I've always said I would much rather have the guy who does what Diggs did than what Byron Jones in his best year did in Dallas. I would much rather have the guy a thousand percent thrown at and gets an interception a game than the guy who never gets thrown at yeah and, like and, said, and that that's the thing is like thing. i understand that's a preference thing i have always been that guy i loved asante samuel i love marcus peters they're very similar guys who like risk takers as corners gamblers yeah yeah like or richard sherman's as opposed to like Darrell revis never got thrown at Darrell revis has like a well, very in Dallas, they used to call it the Dion effect. Like Dion, you look at Dion's numbers just on a sheet; they don't look that crazy. But people did not ch- try Dion that much. They were like, "I'm not even going to do that." Like, yeah, Diggs gets thrown at, and he makes people pay for it. And that's like, what I would prefer than, that because I, doesn't. I personally think interceptions are a bigger swing of momentum and big play, and giving yourself shorter fields is a much bigger success of giving your offense 
route to points and route to success than oh, yeah. just forcing a punt because you don't get thrown at. And 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 so I go back to like, yeah, if you want to say if if quarterbacks continue to say like, hey, digs give up big plays, I'm gonna try them. Like I'm I'm still gonna love that because I'm gonna say good, like because <laughs> I think yeah. every now and then he's gonna make one of those plays that makes you regret throwing that ball up. But deep, man, so. the, the decision by Heineke to to throw that ball, that's crazy. And yeah, man, our our, our whole bench said it. Randy Gregory said that that's what he said to Heineke when he was laying on the ground next to him a couple <laughs> plays later. He was like, "Why you try that man? Why'd you try that man? Like, that's a mystery." So they immediately give the ball back. The Cowboys take over again on their own 29. Uh, and on first down, Zeke goes for nine yards. Then Zeke goes for eight yards. So immediately I was kind of like, okay, Zeke looks at, looking just a little bit better. We're doing a lot more guard pulling uh, mm-hmm. to, on, on this night, which I loved. Like the guards are looking super athletic. L. Collins is coming across the formation, getting out in front of Zeke. Um, it looks awesome. And then they get Cooper involved immediately. Five-yard pass to Cooper, Schultz. Uh, they work their way down the field until they're on the five, and then they run a, gr- a really great misdirection play, and Dak hits Zeke wide open, walk-in touchdown. And so it's 7 nothing after a four-minute drive, and the Cowboys are off and running. And do they really – at this point, it's the game is fucking over. From this point on, it goes Cowboys touchdown, Washington punt. Cowboys touchdown, uh, pick Washington six. pick six. Okay. Then Washington finally scores a touchdown. Then Cowboys touchdown – Washington punt, Cowboys touchdown, Washington punt, Cowboys touchdown, end of half. Yeah, so we always have a a tiny bit where I always tweet out the the Vince Carter it's over gif when I when I think the game's over. It's never backfired. I I I, you, I got a little bold. I got a little bold. I remember when I remember when you I remember when you posted it in the chat, but I can't remember when it was during the game. Twenty one nothing. It? it was after tanks. It was tank. That's about oh, the, the tank but pick I've, six. Never, I've never put it in the first quarter before. This is the first time I've ever thrown it, but Dude, I just want one. I want to talk about that play and uh, two. Like it just to your point, it felt like this game got over very quickly. So when they went up fourteen nothing, we just looked better. And then the dude, the pick six by Tank Lawrence, man. Me and dude. you, like, there's a lot of Cowboys that get love or whatever. Like, you know, we go back and forth of like who we like, who the fans like, who people are, shit on yet, Tank, dude, and it makes Tank is Tank ever since his contract has never gotten the love because his sack numbers aren't that big. They really haven't been. And I get it. And he's been banged up and you could even maybe make an argument that he hasn't been worth the contract. I would disagree with that, but dude, that was so fucking good. Like that, that well, man has I'll been say this. so good this year. Since that coming six, back. So when he made that pick though, I thought, all right, we got an interception. Oh, he's going to be tackled at the 20. Oh, he's going to be tackled at the 10. Oh, no, never mind. He's, yeah. He somehow just made it all the way. Since that coming was, back, that Tank, has been, Tank has been a machine. Like, he's had a sack in, in like, every game except one since coming back. People forget he had a, he had a sack on this in this game, too. Like, not just the pick six. He had a, ta- a sack and a pick six. On this yep. play, a couple weeks ago, I – gave Randy Gregory a lot of love for a very similar play. Mm-hmm. Um, a tip, a self tip. Cause that's a really difficult athletic play, especially for a big guy to make is like to jump to the maximum height, to deflect a ball vertically and then locate and gather the ball and then make a move for, for tank Lawrence to do that, gather it and then go 40 yards for a pick six is one of the most athletic plays I've ever seen from a defensive end. 
You know, it'll be interesting. For one his age, that's crazy to do. Yeah, especially a guy who's been nagged by injuries for years. It'll be interesting when they when they do top plays of 2021. And I think of and actually I think that'll be a fun thing for the pod. I'm not saying we do it tonight, but but obviously in two or three weeks we come up with our top five plays. I that has to be. If not number one, it's gotta be at the top of the list. That play was insane. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it ended this game. It ended this game. You're just not losing it 21 nothing. Um, you know, you're already a 10 point favorite. The probability fucking win percentage, I think, shifted to 98% after this play. Um, this game was essentially over. Now they did score on the next drive, but then we immediately matched it. I mean, the offense scored on their first, well, we, we did punt, but then the next three drives they scored. Uh, they scored five straight touchdowns after. The, the yeah. three and out. We've been begging this team to have a complete game because we've talked about early in the season, the offense dominated and the defense made enough. They did turnovers, sacks, whatever, enough plays. Then we switched the last like four or five weeks. The offense has struggled. They put up about 20 ish points a game, but the defense has been shutting fuckers down. And now we finally got a complete game and we beat this team 56 to 14. Um, not only do we get the pick six, we got a bro. Let's be honest, we really beat this team for like, a touchdown. Like, oh my god, both the starting possible. the starting team really beat this team like fifty six to seven. Like they scored a, a touchdown at the very end against backups. We had our backups in on offense. Would we like, have? Yeah, it was forty two seven, and and I even texted our group chat like because because Zach was wondering. He's like, man, what what do they do? I was like, this is the the. You just collapse as a team, like when you're down this yeah. big, and we took our foot off the gas. If this had been a game where they were really motivated and they played zero, I mean, they could have put up seventy. Seventy, I yeah, really think easily. So. I mean, the fact that that Cooper Rush went out there and <laughs> to Malik Turner. Oh, yeah, God. we'll get to Malik Turner, but one thing I do want to point out: so uh, after the pick six, and then the response touchdown finally by Washington to make yes. it twenty-one-seven. The next touchdown drive by Dallas had some stuff that I really loved. Um, the first being uh, Dak Prescott using his legs for a 13-yard scramble for a first down. Um, dude, that was a sight that was beautiful to see for multiple reasons. One being it was just like he saw it. And a couple weeks ago, Dak doesn't do that. He just tries to find he an open receiver. All season he hasn't done it. He hasn't done yeah. it all season. He scampered. You can tell Dak was just feeling a little like the leg is feeling better. He was mobile. He was making his throws were on the money, dude. He was making ridiculous throws. And then on third and two at the Washington 11, we run a counter play to the left. And from the right tackle spot, Lael Collins comes across and like he's the head of the, he's doing the Larry Allen, the choo choo train leader. And Zeke is right behind him. He's doing his thing. And then Zeke gets to about the four or five yard line. And he does the Zeke hammer. He just puts his shoulder, shoulder pads down and just punches into the end zone from about five yards out. And that's a dude. A month ago, Zeke's not doing that. Like Zeke's getting no. stopped at the three or and whatever. He, like it, it, it's weird because we've pondered aloud on this podcast about this offense. We're not the only ones. Anyone in Dallas media that you 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 know or or whatever podcast you subscribe to outside of us has wondered what is wrong with this offense? What is going on? And the running offense, although they weren't prolific even in this game, one of the ways they did have his success and that we've been calling for is when they 
when Zeke follows a lead blocker, when they pull a guard to the left or the right, and when they run Zeke outside, he's so effective, man. Like, I yeah. almost think he's more effective than when they just pound him and single back up the middle. Agreed. You know, like, as, as good as Zeke is, you know, we don't think of him as an outside runner. And I'm not saying he can turn on the Jets. He obviously doesn't have that burst. But what he does have is the vision. And he Great follows vision. lead blockers yeah. so well. And when he gets that second level, he's going to give you a hit. He's going to get tackled forward two or three, four extra yards because he's just a big boy. And yeah. anyway, yeah, I noticed this play too, calling the the counter with two. Uh, you know, I think even Collins were pointed out two two lead blockers in front of Zeke. Uh, that's when he's at his best. So, so that was a great touchdown. And then the following offensive possession, the Cowboys get down to third and goal at the Washington one, and they run a tackle eligible trick play where Terrence Steele catches a one yard touchdown. Um, Terrence Steele becomes the 19th Cowboy to catch a touchdown this season. Uh, that's a franchise record. Yeah, to and score. Yeah, because uh, Dak becomes Tank was the, 18. He set a record. Yeah, yeah. And Dak becomes the first quarterback in regular season history to throw a touchdown to a wide receiver, a tight end, a running back, and an offensive lineman in the same game. The only one, to, only other time it's ever happened was Kurt Warner did it in a playoff game when with the greatest show on turf. Um, you know, one thing I also love about this, the, the steel play was great. The play action to see was great. Uh, great call by Kellen. You know, once again, we pondered about this offense. We've certainly been critical of Kellen Moore along with Dak. Like it feels Seriously? like when, when it, when it's working, they all feed into each other. And the two play action calls that they made were both touchdowns. The Zeke, the Zeke one towards the goal line in this one, um, both beautiful calls. I got to give Kellen that, uh, especially, Letting Steele catch one—that's awesome. He was super excited. He said uh, that in a—he said that one in practice, he's never dropped that ball. Like he's caught every single one. And two, uh, last year Zeke ran in a touchdown, and he gave the ball to Steele to spike, and he like did some bullshit spike. And all year, all in training camp, the whole team was giving Steele shit about how he spiked spike. it. Like, yeah, yeah. So he did like the huge monster spike and spiked it into the stands. And Zeke, if you watch during the extra point, which Good shout out to Greg Zerline, zero missed extra points today. Liked that. Um, you see Zeke running out the back of the end zone because he's going over to that fan and being like, bro, we'll give you like hella autographed jerseys. We'll give you whatever you want. We need that ball for our boy. And Zeke went and got steals touchdown ball for him and ran it back over to the sidelines so they could he could keep it in his his crib or whatever but i That's thought that was right. awesome um that was awesome one more thing you know they we force a three and out we go 35 7 the game's over we force a four and out and we get the ball back with a minute 42 at our own 11 easily could have just run a couple runs take your 35 7 you know you got nothing to play for instead we go full fucking gas pedal man and this was a great drive by Dak. Uh, Cooper gets 18. Uh, that third the, and 10. The next, the ne the next play, first, that first and 10 at the 29, that incompletion, that's the drop by Cooper that really had me scratching my head. Yeah. It's a perfect yeah. throw by Dak, and it just goes through his hands. I don't know what it was, but. But weird. yeah, third and 10 at the Schultz for 11. Then on second and 10 from our own 40, we get 12 to Turner, who started showing up. He had a nice game. Um, eventually we get all the way down to a fourth and two from the 40. They decide to go for it. We hit Schultz for 14 yards, get an unnecessary roughness call on top I of it. I couldn't believe Schultz held onto that ball, dude. That was just gangster <laughs> shit, dude. I was like, yeah. 
I, he I took 100% a pop. expect yeah. him to drop it, dude. You know, he gave this on a podcast. I was re-listening like months ago that he just takes some of the biggest hits and it feels that way. He like, does, dude. He, he really just... does take like some of the – I mean, you're going over the middle. That's where the worst hits occur. But... And he's not like necessarily – he's a tight end, so he's big, but he's not like It's not like big. Gronk out there. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. So – and then, yeah, on first and 10 of the Washington 13, Dak just puts a bullet into This is my favorite throw of the game. I think he's had better, but that pass. one, he knew exactly where he wanted to go. And sometimes, you know, they lock in, but this was like a confidence lock in, and he just gunned one. Amari Cooper gets feet down. Amari Cooper caught out this offense. I mean, he did almost all his damage in the first half, 85 yards and a TD. Um, even I called Amari out on last pod because he's since Minnesota, and I get it. He's had COVID. He's been a little, you know, the whole offense has struggled, but just a guy you're paying top four NFL wide receiver money to, you want to see something. And he For showed sure. me something. He showed me something. He had a great game. Uh, and forty-two-seven. I mean, that's forty-two points and a half. That's tied a record. It's the the best first half in Cowboys history, right there. Yeah, I mean, and this would have got out of hand. I mean, we put Cooper Rush in early. He threw a touchdown. Uh, they got a, you know, the only thing of note really in the second half for me, goat, was they got a block punt touchdown. Bones, I, I texted Bones Fossil up forty-nine set forty-two-seven. It's like, yeah, we're sitting in the. Fucking sending the Corey limit, by the way, man. What dude, shout out to Corey, dude. Just contributing, bro. Just dude, out here contributing. That was the cleanest blocked punt I've seen. Like, just well, they like they honestly around. tell you that's like the absolute wrong way to block a punt is to like <laughs> really to jump your man and just get a fingertip on it. That never works. You're always trying to get around your guy so you can put like as much body in front of the ball as possible. He literally like like swatted it like it was a basketball block. Like you're just taller than the yeah. guys. So you can just like get leverage. But yeah, it worked. And then. It bounced so perfectly. So perfect for this Yeah, team, that yeah. Golston could literally just, like, grab it at chest height and walk into the end zone for a TD. Uh, and actually, yeah, so he becomes the 19th Cowboy to score a touchdown. I was wrong in my prediction. I said it would be Micah. I still think Micah gets a defensive TD. I think, They're saving I think that. if he gets They're saving one, that. I think if he gets one, he wins Defensive Player of the Year. I know it's, it, it's so close between him and – uh, the Browns kid who like Miles Garrett and TJ Watt, yeah. but I think if Micah gets a defensive TD, it's over. And I'm just waiting for that. If he gets one of the next two games, it's done. He's winning. Well, he's got he's got QBs that can make those kind of plays Dude, happen for him. He's plus two hundred right now in odds to win That's defensive crazy. player. So the Cowboys just route the shit out of this team. Um, and it could. And by the way, he did time. have a sack. He did have a sack. Randy had a. Did Randy have a sack? I don't remember. Uh. I don't think tank so. He had, had one, sack. Tank had a Randy sack. Randy had one where he was like running full sprint at Heineke, and Heineke just like threw the ball sideways to the like to the out. So he could have had a sack, but he did great. I this was it. the most. You know, I said earlier that I wasn't going to get. You know, because I thought it'd be a lot like the Giants game where they won twenty-one to nine and they covered, but it just you didn't. I even said to you, you know, on the pod, I was like, I just didn't get any it didn't change where I feel about this team, right? Like it was a win. I'm glad they won. Winning does matter in the NFL, but it wasn't an impressive win. I know Washington sucks. We've said that for a while and I actually want to get into some NFC East talk in a second, but dude, 56, 14, this was a dominant win. This is a feel good win. This is one you can build on. This is one, the whole fans like this was, I don't know. You well, can almost a argue breaker for Washington, dude. They tell me, Deron Payne and Deron Payne and yeah. uh, what's his name? Jonathan Allen. Jonathan Allen, who's a captain on this team. 
they got into a straight up fist fight on the sidelines on those yeah. brand new shiny benches that they brought all the way from DC. Had to be separated. Um, yeah, Deron Payne, who kind of looked like the shithead in the situation to me, he like put a finger to the side of Jonathan Allen's head and was like kind of poking him, and then yeah, you're gonna Jonathan get Allen was just like, nah, hey, I'm a grown hey. man. We're all yeah. I was gonna say we're all men. You know, you can talk some shit, but when someone like when you get poked, when someone's it, it seems like a minor thing, but if someone's putting their finger right in your face, you're gonna you're gonna react nah. to that. Yeah. Well, I, one really funny thing I saw was I was reading the Washington football team thread, and one guy was like, "Look, these guys are brothers, like brothers fight." And then one of their own fans commented, "Goes, you ever punch your brother in the face at his work?" And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> like, it's not yeah, exactly they did the best." It. Apparently, you know, they're both uh they both known each other for forever, so I'm sure Went it's to Bama together. Yeah, like Bama I'm sure boys. they're fine, but definitely a a sign as to where the locker room was where at this that game moment. Was. You know, and and to win this game, you know, um a couple little things, some fun stats. So Cowboys are now five and zero against the NFC East, which is bad, but the average score is now 37.8 for Dallas to 16.2 for our division rivals. So we've just what? dominated this by, you know, 20 points. Um, 189 points to 81 for the opposition. 23 touchdowns for Dallas in five games. I mean, it's just been an absolute slacking of every opponent. And what's funny to me, and I didn't really realize this until I looked around, and this is what I wanted to, to open up the talk to, is – whether whatever you think about Dallas and whatever our division rivals think about Dallas, we've to me we've clearly been the best team in the division. But there was this weird, I guess, month in November where we didn't play well, and I wasn't paying attention. Where Eagles fans and Washington fans really thought they had a shot at this. Oh, for like, sure, that was like, definitely they were like, we got this shit. Like they really thought they had the a taking. chance to win this. Yeah, and they're the whole we want Dallas thing. Like I, I never for a second. I never for a second felt the NFC East was up for grabs. I thought maybe we would shit out and finish the four seed and, and play a better team at the five, whether it's Arizona, LA. Like that was my worst case scenario. I never thought we'd lose the NFC East. And but there was some real like Eagles and Washington fan, I guess, that that actually thought they had a chance. And I that's 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 funny to me because I've I've never feared either of those teams. Dude, it really was very strange like when i was going through the um when i was going through like the post game thread from uh the washington fans i saw this post rest in peace to our season why does this always happen pretty much every year we get so close inches from greatness just for massive disappointment and i keep falling for it getting my hopes up every year just to be embarrassed right before the playoffs this was our this was our division for the taking and we miss it again like, dude, what, your team's like six and eight. Like, I, that's what I didn't get. When we're you know, six and eight, I have made peace. Like, we are ever six and eight. I have made peace with it. Like, that is so. Like, even last, you're not going to catch me. Even last season, I thought we had a playoff chance, but specifically because the division was bad, not because we were good. I just wanted us right. to make the. Like, I had no qualms about us being a good team, but it's just funny that I guess they actually like the whole we went Dallas stuff. Like, they actually. Their division still underrates Dak so much when Dak has owned the NFC East. He's now nine and three against them, nine and three against Philly, and nine and two against what is that about right? Something like that. Yeah. Maybe I don't have it pulled up, but basically he's dominated. 
division. Yeah, that he's I mean, his I first mean, year in the league, dumb. his first year in the league, he lost to the Giants twice, and that's what the majority of his losses to to New York came from. He lost his first game ever to Washington, and then never lost again. Mm-hmm. So, like, and yeah, I think we've we've lost to the Eagles a couple times in there, yeah. scattered. But well, yeah, yeah the one the, where his he had a bum arm, and the the last year Jason Garrett, I remember they yeah. always hold against him. Like wins but, being dude. with no receivers. I was like, yeah, Dak had a dead arm. Like whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's ah, dude. I, I'll say this: like growing up, like the gold standard for pathetic sports fan was like the Detroit Lions to me. Like that was always the like. The, Still might be, for sure. But I have seen, I have witnessed just some such pathetic shit from like new york giants because like dude you look back dude the new york giants have been really bad for a good while now like, i saw we're not stat, talking about like I they've been stat, bad for three years they're 22 and 55 over their last x many games i don't know if that was right it was like 22 and 56 i mean they're really bad i mean they're right now their entire fan base is basically like jumping for joy over Kadarius tony Karen Steele has more career touchdowns than Kadarius Tony. Like I that's where we're at. In the last seven years, they haven't started better than two and five in any season. The best year they've ever the best year they've had since so in 2016, they went eleven yeah, and five. Which was when they, a good that's a great season. Um that was McAdoo's first year. Oh blah, dude, blah, blah. I forgot all about Ben McAdoo. Yeah, the the the, the literally the most the closest a human can look to a pedophile, pedophile. without being a pedophile. Like if you just like, look at like what does a pedophile look like, the general you just script put some, would be Ben McAdoo. You just put some like big eyeglasses on Ben McAdoo and you're just like, just go ahead and arrest him. Like this is some it's like uh what's that movie with Tom Cruise, uh, Minority Report, where they just like arrest yeah. arrest criminals before they commit crimes. <laughs> it's like, nah, fuck you, Ben McAdoo. I know I know look, I can't believe his last I'm name hard McAdoo, drive somewhere. That, yeah, that ain't dude. real. That's some like shit yeah. to like cockadoodle-doo. It's McAdoo. Like some Bro, fucking kid. kid ben McAdoo got him. bullied like crazy as a kid, right? Like that had to be in there in that stew. But yeah, so outside of that 11 and 5 year, since 2014, you got 6 and 10, 6 and 10, that 11 and 5 year, 3 and 13, 5 and 11, 4 and 12. They went 6 and 10 last year and got second in the division, which is Honestly, the best they've done in like the last five years, and then this year they're four. I totally forgot about, by the way, but because they started like zero and five, I think they turned it on late to like we have a chance this year type stuff. And uh, of those years, man, this is great. They're leading Saquon Barkley was their leading rusher twice out of those years. So, dude, I saw a stat or a a comment I really wanted to, to send to you that was. Giants fans on their like I, I was reading through their their forums, and someone was like, "Man, if you They've take turned a, on if you spark, dude. oh yeah, if you take away the con, it's kind of what people have done with Zeke, but if you take away the contracts and you just look, there's not a single person this season that would say Saquon Barkley is better than Devontae Booker if you just looked at this year in their numbers and their jerseys. Like, how yeah, that's for sure true. I mean, even against us, I remember he had like a there's a big run, and I was like, oh shit, Saquon. <laughs> okay, never mind, Devontae Booker. Yeah, but did, did you see the play where, where Saquon caught that ball really cool for like two yards and then they punted? <laughs> Shit was lit, dog. Yeah. The human I, I, Instagram highlight. 
Your boy. Oh, so yes, we have uh, clinched the NFC East. Technically, I think right now the Eagles are still in the final seed of the playoffs. Dude, um, yeah, I saw a uh, talk about delusional, and I'm not saying it's been bad, but I saw like arguments that people say Nick Sirianni should be coach of the year. Which look, they're done better than I thought, but that is laughable compared to some of the other teams that are playing yeah. well. Like Matt Lafleur is going to get it over him. Or even Bill Belichick, what he's done with the rookie QB. I mean, yes. it's laughable to say Nick Sirianni. I am, I am. Here's Frank my hope. Wright here's my hope. Like, yeah, I'm hoping that we beat the Cardinals this weekend, and then in the final week of the year, I'm hoping that it comes down to we need to beat Philly to get the one seed, and Philly needs to beat us to get into the playoffs, and we beat Philly like we just beat Washington. Like, I hope Philly gets all fired up. Like they're in the link, they're like ready to rock. Yeah. They want, they want it so bad it'll be the playoff berth, and they just get smashed into a thousand pieces. Yeah, Hertz is weird to me because his bad is so bad. It's like below NFL bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's oh, awful, yeah. awful bad. But his good is good enough to trick you into like, well, if we could just harness that. And that's why I hope yeah. they keep riding with him because he does have enough. Like, dude, who do they, they play the Giants who are awful. And he didn't have 15 passing yards until midway in the second quarter. Like it was he ended he ended the game with 199 passing yards. Like that's and that's a great game. And it came late. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And at all, they they basically completely sold out to not let Hertz run, where they created a huge wall, and it worked for a large part. And then it was three three at half, and then the Giants just completely shit on themselves. But um, which I mean, I get it because two weeks before that, they played the Giants, and Hertz threw completed forty five percent of his passes for one hundred and twenty nine yards and three picks. And yeah, like they lost. he's garbage. Yeah. So, oh, uh, I so let me ask you this. Would you rather, if it's down to the last game of the season, and uh -huh. if you would you rather rest our guys and the Eagles get in and we get to play the Eagles first round, or would you rather smash the Eagles and they go home? I always say smash. I never want to give any team the the Golden State that. the I never Golden State situation. Yeah, I just me, you know remember well, that like even, seven. The NBA last year, I can't remember who it was. Some team basically tanked their last week to get the three six matchup and got fucking smoked for it. Like I just never, yeah. I never want to look like I'm dodging a team, and so, or like trying to lean into a team. Like I just think, like the Clippers did this against the Mavs, and they did wind up winning, but it went to seven, and they went down two zero. Well, they the the Mavs, the Mavs threw the a Mavs. game against the. The old Warriors, back when the Warriors. Oh were yeah, the cool. old school, and we wound up losing that series. And then yeah, the first the one, Stephen Jackson, Baron eight. Davis. Yeah, I just never want to worry about that. I think you rest like if Zeke's banged up, you rest a Zeke, or if Tyron's okay. banged up, you rest a Tyron. I don't. I wouldn't support benching all your play. If you're healthy, I say go. Hundred percent like healthy, go. If you're a guy like Amari Cooper who's been dealing with some shit, rest Amari. You know Zeke especially those veterans who've been in the league for a long time. Sure. Like if you got any little bit of wear and tear, Tyron, Zeke, Mari, those are probably the three guys I would think about pretty much everyone else. I'd say go maybe even tank too. tanks, probably the one guy on defense. I, I, I might hold out. Um, but everyone else I would play, especially if the one season, play. you know? 
Yeah, I'm really hoping the Vikings can put up a, a fight against the Packers this weekend. That would so really happy. You know, they're the one team that's just really hasn't had – they've had bad games, but they really haven't had a bad stretch. They're the one team that hasn't had a shitty stretch. Dude, the fucking if – if Baker Mayfield only throws three interceptions – I know they were the one seed, but Caker had to throw a fourth. Well, they've had weird games too. You know, they beat the, uh, you know, they beat the, uh, but like Devonte Adams out, you know, the, the Cardinals were undefeated and they won that game yep. like 14, seven. They're a weird team. Uh, speaking of the Cardinals, let's, let's jump to that. Let's see the Cowboys play next. The Cardinals hey, are, dear, I'm going to be at this game. I'm very excited. And he's pumped. They're going to be 10 and five. I text them in the group chat. And it was a little pessimistic. I basically said the Cardinals lost again to the Colts. And I was watching this on Saturday night, Christmas night. And I just got a little bummed. I, I just, I wish the Cardinals hadn't lost two in a row heading into it because I think there'd be more. Three in a row. Have they lost three in a row? They lost oh, to the Rams. Two. Then they lost to the, the the Lions. And then they lost to the Colts. Okay. Well, three in a row. You know, they're still a 10 win team. A 10 win team's good. But Andy just kind of showed you they're, they're in. A little disarray. They looked lost against the Colts. Like I was watching that game, they looked lost. Um, well, I'll say this: like you, it's kind of like you know the Cowboys have a lot of cool players, but you take Amari out, and it's like, man, like he plays a really important <laughs> role on this team. Yeah, the Cardinals have a lot of guys that do like one little thing really well, and so they're great for a game. Like, oh, Christian Kirk's great. Rondale yeah. Moore's great. He's yeah, he's good, but. Yeah. But when you lose a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, like I know he wasn't having like his typical ridiculous year, but like there's no guy on that team that you're afraid of anymore. Like without Hop on the field, it's pretty much down to like can Kyler basically just Houdini a game for you. And if you and look at his numbers, Kyler he's hasn't up, dude. He's banged I mean, up. he's the MVP favorite through six weeks, but you know, we did those splits against Dak. And to be fair, I haven't done them for Kyler, but I'd imagine if he did week. Basically, I think their last eight weeks, they're three and five. If you did it during that stretch, since he's come back from injury, he's not been impressive at all. Like their offense looks really mortal. In in December, uh, he's got a sixty two percent completion percentage, which is uh, a full eight points lower than his season total. He's got a thousand passing yards. 6.8 6.8 per attempt. He's got four touchdowns and three interceptions, which yeah. is very, you know, pedestrian. 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 Yeah. I mean, that's what Dak had basically been doing. I mean, he's been he's been pretty average, you know, and I watched – he had a – outside of – against the Colts, outside of he had like a 45-yard run. Outside that of was that, a sick-ass run, dude. Oh, that it was – run was nasty. Incredible. He's so fun, dude. I'll say that. He's just like – It, it was, I know you he, don't. I know you don't like Kyler and like <laughs> – He's not Kyler's not a, a a cool guy. I'll say that. Like he, you know, this week I've seen the quote a thousand times. They asked him if he was a Cowboys fan as a kid, and he said he wasn't because they they was always ass. Which like, of course, every Boomer Cowboys fan just fucking. And yeah. I like, I'm like, dude, this Only kid's like fucking. Fan. He's like, dude, this kid was like 15. He didn't give a shit about you know the Cowboys that were going like eight and eight every year, but. Yeah, well, I mean, you talk shit, you know what I mean? I'm oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I I, am definitely uh, looking forward to this. You know, this is like a game custom built for me to go to. So it's the Dallas Cowboys with the one seed on the line two weeks before the end of the season. And the opposing team is, you know, my college's like all-time greatest QB and 
former head coach, coaching the greatest high school football player maybe ever who went to my high school. Um, I've watched so, Kyler Murray win two, maybe all three state championship games in the building that we're going to be seeing. Kyler yeah. has made magic happen on this field many times. So, hey, if you want to take a drink for every time they show a, a Kyler in Cowboy Stadium stat, you'll be drunk by the end of this one. Oh, I'll just say that. Dude, I'll say I'll, I'll say one thing I am actually really stoked about is, is I'm not watching the TV broadcast because oh. it will just be filled with like – did you know that Kyler Murray actually played high school football? And then just a whole <laughs> bunch of clips of this like midget killing people. Like I get it, dude. I get it. So, and dude, well, like, nothing. I'm not even gonna be. I, I'm not on Facebook Kyler's anyway, career. but I won't be because it's just. It reminds me of you remember when the Cowboys lost to Colt McCoy, like a oh, good God. Cowboys team yeah. lost to Colt McCoy, and there are people like, man, like I love the Cowboys, but if we had to lose, so I'm glad it was to Colt. I was like, yeah, God, dude, kill me. I swear to God, those people exist for Kyler that in our friend oh, groups. Bro, will, even worse. Like, okay, like I love many of our friends. I love them to death. But we do have Dallas is a city where people like go to college and come back and they live there. And Allen, even if you're not a townie, so to speak, there are many people that like went away to college and came back and they moved back to Allen because it's a beautiful community with great schools, et cetera, et cetera. So I know tons of people that like still go to the games and like they're a full-blooded Allen fan to this day. And so, yeah, there will definitely be some some Kyler love uh, during this game. I hope we shred his ass. Like, I hope the Cowboys. Well, it's interesting because they they haven't. You know, I, I saw a stat too. And uh, by the way, you know, I mean, while we're taking, and he took a victory lap to begin this about. Dak bouncing back, rightfully so. I will say there was one podcast who said the Cardinals would fall apart late in the year. Very fair. And, uh, Very fair. You did. You is. did indeed say that. Um, but they do have a. On that note, they do have a funny stat that uh, like Cliff is his third year in Arizona, and like weeks one through eight, they're twenty-two and ten, and since then they're like ten and twenty-two. I don't know the exact numbers, but basically it's Cliff. Yeah. Like, to begin the year, they've been a very good team. And the second half of the year, they've been a very bad team. And he's basically 500 in Arizona. And any side, they lost three in a row. But they are a good team. They are 10-5. and five. Like, it, like I said, I wish there was a little more hype around this because I almost feel at 12-4, and four, they might be a little more vulnerable. Like, 10-5, and five, it feels like they're so desperate right now. Like, they need yeah. it. They've now lost the division lead to the Rams. They are now the five seed right now in the wild card spot. If they lose, they could honestly someone like San Fran or I don't know who's actually six or I guess not a land. They're probably safe at five, but losing to us makes it really desperate for them to end the year. Um, so I think we're going to get, I think we're going to get Arizona's best shot. I really do. Yeah. They're in the five. I mean, San Fran and Philly are both right there. Minnesota's only one game back. Like, yeah, so they, they're they're they need it a lot more vulnerable. than we need it. I'll say that they need it a lot more than we need it. To, even though we rolled our eyes at that, like Kyler is comfortable here. He'll have a shit ton of family in town. A friends. I do this will not to, feel like a this will not feel like an away game for Kyler. I yeah. guarantee you that. Like this dude is. It is honestly, I I am willing to say put it this way. I bet you that Kyler Murray is as comfortable in that stadium as Dak Prescott is like 
he yeah. is as established an, a legacy in that stadium as Dak Prescott does. So, um, yeah, man, I'm. It's going to be very interesting. Um, I, I I've looked forward to this game all year. This was kind of one at the end of the season that like we had kind of circled. The fact that I get to go is super dope. I haven't been to a game since the 2016 season when you and I went and saw the Cowboys put it on mm-hmm. the Ravens. Um, we are undefeated with me in the building. I will be wearing all my lucky Cowboys stuff. I will be picking out one of the five replica Super Bowl rings to wear in the suite while I watch the game. So you I'll what, choose wisely. You know what the line is in this game? When I looked at it, it was like we had like we were like three and a half point favorites. It's moved to five and a half. Whoa! <laughs> I know. No way. I thought it was gonna. Move. I thought you were gonna tell me it had moved down. That's nuts, dude. That means even on the know. road, we would be, we would be favored. That's crazy. I know, man. I, I, they I, wild for that one. I agree, but that's that's kind of crazy. I mean, that just kind of shows you know the the difference between the two teams. That I mean, we are home. You said, but five and a half against ten. Teams. No that's kidding, cool. dude. Five and a half, like that's almost a touchdown. Like, but you know what? I'll say this: if the Cowboys play like they played this weekend, they'll beat the shit out of this team. I'm. I'll say it right now. Well, look, like, we're coming off we're we're coming off four straight wins. They're coming off three straight losses. So I get it. We're at home. We're peaking. We're we just played our best game. Arguably, you could argue we just played the best game we have all year, which I would. I think this. Is the I'd argue we just game. played the best game. Dallas Cowboys have played in a decade. Oof. Most complete. I mean, game. It, I'd have to look at them all, but yeah, it's let me, nice. Okay, you let know? me ask you this: When, in your lifetime as a Dallas Cowboys fan, have you ever seen a Cowboys defense with this kind of playmaking firepower? No, you know the one time I remember us being this good was. I went to this game. It was week 17. We were playing Philly, and we were both in the yep, playoffs. I remember this. And basically the winner became the NFC East winner, and the loser was a wild card. Like, they both did clinch, but it was seeding. And we were going to have to play and them we won again 24... the next week pretty much, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was no matter what, we, we and we rematched them. And we beat them like 24-zip. We shut them out. Sick. It was the first shutout in a long time. That was Wade Phillips' defense at the peak. And that was probably the last time I remember thinking, like, wow. We have, and I mean, yeah. we shut them down. That was a that great was like peak Ratliff, like peak wear, rare, yeah. yeah. But I'll so, say this: and Newman dude, was still I, really good. When this, I look this at defense, this, though, is it's up there. When I look at Dan Quinn moving around, Tank, Randy, Micah, Gallimore, Osa, and then what Curse brings to the table, Jay what Diggs Curse, can do. Yeah. I mean, bro, I. I, I really do think, first of all, I'll say this right now. I know it's not going to, it doesn't bear out in the stats or anything, but the way they're playing right now, they're like a top 10, top five unit in the league. Like the Dallas Cowboys defense is oh. a, a championship caliber oh. unit. For the last, like, you know, like I said, you choose an arbitrary number, you can always look. But in the last, basically since they've, the Minnesota They haven't given game, up more than 20 points in the month. This is the amount of points they've given up. Since the Minnesota game. Well, okay, they get 30 to Denver. So do up for that. Three to Atlanta, 19 to KC, which they lost, but 19 to KC, 36 to Vegas. That was a bad one. But then after that, 17 to New Orleans. You know how I feel about that 36 point. I know. You know my feelings. 17 to New Orleans, 
20 to Washington with one of those being a pick six, six to New York, 14 to Washington, which is late. I mean, outside of the Vegas game, which was heavily penalized, they really haven't had anyone hang numbers on them since Denver. Denver was the last team that handled them, and they're way yeah. healthier than they were against Denver. And even and even the Denver game, that was a game where the offense was giving the other team the ball, you know, short fields, 57 three and outs mm-hmm. in a row. Like we couldn't stop the run in that game. That was weird, but very true. Very true. So yeah, man, I think if the Cowboys defense keeps playing like it's playing right now and they stay healthy, dude, defense travels really well. Do we That's, well we talked about this? Bet. We had we had three turnovers in each of our road games on a three game stretch or four turnovers in each of that. And then we forced another three in this game. If you well, count like, like the, the offense and the defense have had a bet going between tank and Dak where it, they have a bet between <laughs> touchdowns this. versus takeaways. And I know after Tank's pick six, the score was uh, eight takeaways to six touchdowns on the bet. So obviously the, the offense went on to score a lot more that game, but the defense still took the ball away several times too. So, yeah, man, I mean, I love it. I, this team is awesome. Um I'll tell you this, something interesting. I was listening to Nate Newton and a couple of the other old Cowboy players talk, and they are just like in love with this defense, obviously. It's like their favorite yeah. thing in the world. And I'll tell you what, they they love this defense, and they continuously mention the fact that the other iteration of the Cowboys defense that you and I probably like the most recently, which is the Hot Boys, they shit on that defense a lot. They're always like that was. They talked a lot. They had a nickname. They were making T-shirts, but like they what got was that twenty fourteen. No, the Hot Boys was oh. like oh that was twenty eighteen. Yeah, yeah. And it's like those guys were all talk. They'd get punched in the mouth, and they wouldn't know what to do. Blah, blah blah. But they think this is the real deal. They're like these guys, no no nicknames. They just kill you. Like, and I think that's that's a fair assessment, dude. I mean. Well, Micah and Tank are such a potent Micah, duo. Honestly, like- dude, Micah adds such an element. And Randy, honestly, like I, I, I know I've eaten crow before. I really, even in my wallet of streams, I thought Randy was like a six sack guy, like a a piece, like you know, like a, a rotational piece who was good. He's 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 an alternate to the Pro Bowl this year. Like he's been a Pro Bowl level. I'm so good. proud of him, dude. I'm and so you have proud Tank, of Randy, man. Tank, who's playing as good as Tank's ever played, and now you add a guy who's Defensive Player of the Year talk in the draft. I mean, that's – you have defense now have to deal with basically three pro bowlers up front. That's And a pro scary. bowler – you have a pro bowl caliber player at every level of the defense. You've and got yeah, and you have Diggs pro is the bowl, one back in. And I think J-Ron Curse has been awesome behind him oh, too. Oh, yeah. You've got two pro bowlers on the defensive line. You've got pro bowling – pro bowl DPOY – D-R-O-I linebacker, and you've got all everything cornerback and then safeties that can do their thing. It's it's crazy, dude. It really is crazy to a one-year turnaround from literally the worst defense maybe the Cowboys organization has ever fielded a year ago under Mike Nolan to well, maybe one of the best defenses. You know, we had this talk last week, and it was, would you rather have the 10 points from the offense or the 10 less points on the defense. And you know, think about it. I would say less on the defense where I was really coming from on the offense is it's more predictable year over year. But if you sure. just think about it, like dude, having a defense playing at this level going into the Super Bowl was so crazy, man. 
I mean, oh, I love it. I mean, dude, you look back at t- at some teams, man, like like that Giants be, team that w- that beat the Patriots. They me, won that. Those they were good because they had that defensive well, line. Look like at Osa, two of them: o- Sean Osa McVay, Menora, Sean McVay, and the Rams looked unstoppable that year. They lost ten to three in the Super Bowl. Peyton yep. Manning and the Broncos looked unstoppable. Ran to Legion of Boom and put up ten points. I mean, yep. maybe Peyton's worst Super Bowl, one of his biggest indictments. You know, they got Carolina. Broncos. Yeah, so. It almost the Bucks, and even last the Bucks year, last year. Even the Bucks last year, everyone talks about yes, Brady's gonna get the headliner and he was good in that Super Bowl, but that playoff run was sparked by how good their D was for sure. So man, if you can get that, like at this point, it would it would hurt me more if the defense sucked in the playoffs than the offense did. Like if we lose a game, let's just say hypothetically we play the Packers, and I hate to even put this out there, and we lose a game twenty-three to seventeen. That will be easier than if we lose like a 36-33. Like if I look at the defense just get shredded because yeah. I really believe in this defense right now. Like I really do, you know. Is that is that I'll weird this, to think dude, about? Is that, is that weird to say? Do you get what I'm saying? No, I mean, though? dude, I hear I hear a lot of people say that this team is now a defensive team first team. Like that that's the unit that sparked. I mean, even you look at this last game, like the offense went out there, they went three and out. The defense is who sparked the turnaround. They go out, they get a pick, they hand it back over, offense goes to work and they ignite it. But it's the defense that kind of leads, not like it was at the beginning of the year where it's like the defense is there, they'll do their thing. Maybe they'll give the offense an extra possession. Offense is a fucking juggernaut. Like the if the offense defense looks like doesn't itself. get penalties, if the defense doesn't get penalties, like gets a yeah. tightly like a crew that's gonna cause call a lot of penalties, they they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna shut people down. Like I truly believe that. Agreed. I mean, dude, I'll, I'll say this. I we can go let me let me just go ahead and walk you through my dream playoff scenario for this team. All right. I want to win. I want to get in. I, I would love the, the number one seed, but even at the sure. number two seed, I think you get two playoff games at home. So I'll take that shit. We win. And then I want an NFC title game against the fucking Packers. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's in Lambeau. I want to go to Lambeau and I want fucking CD Lamb to catch the game-winning touchdown on the left pylon, diving right catch, <laughs> stand up, throw up the X, point to 88, and then after the game, he's like, Dez caught it, I caught it, we're going to the Super Bowl, fuck you Aaron Rodgers, fuck you Packers, go home. And then we go to the Super Bowl and we squash him, dude. I want Micah to get a sack and then run over – when Aaron Rodgers run off the field, follow him and do a little needle injection into his arm. Well, <laughs> I'll say this. I said, I said this to Ryan the other day. The one game where we really beat the shit out of the Packers was the regular season 2016 game. Yeah, I remember. I couldn't watch it. I was a boyfriend duty shit. But... It was awesome. And the reason we won that game was because it was the David Irving game. David Irving had like three sacks on Aaron Rodgers. He bumped, he made Rodgers fumble twice. Look, there's 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 that, something you that can say is about... Micah Parsons, dude. That is Micah Parsons. He's the kind of guy that can well, ruin Aaron Rodgers' day. I'm gonna say this about that and then pivot to uh, Arizona because I do want to talk about Arizona briefly. Um David Irving, yes, up the middle pressure. The two things like if you ask anyone, how do you stop Brady? 
He's going to, if you give him time, he's going to make throws. He's going to read your defense all day. You have to get pressure up the middle. You have to get, not even on the outside, you have to get interior pressure penetration up the middle. And that's, I mean, that's what we're going to have to do against him moving, you know, if, if that date of destiny does does occur. On that note, um, we're about to play Arizona, a guy who's much different than Aaron Rodgers, much more mobile. Kyler Murray. Last time we played them, Arizona kicked our ass. Um, but it was mainly oh, on the ground. The most painful. That was one of the most painful games. It was ever. mainly on the ground, though. Like Kyler had a really shitty passing game. He just ran all over us. Um, if yeah. I recall, at least in the first half. I really am. I'm asking this. Do you not just put Micah to just fucking spy? Spy. Him? Yeah. I like mean, let let Randy. Let Randy and Tank go to work and then just Micah spy his ass all game. So here's here's how this game shaped up. So Andy Dalton threw the ball 54 times. <laughs> That's never a good one. One touchdown, two picks. Kyler Murray completed nine of 24 passes for 188 yards and two touchdowns. On the ground, they had Kenyon Drake rush 20 times for 164 yards and two touchdowns. Tyler rushed 10 times for 74 yards and a touchdown. And Edmonds had five carries for 23 yards. Nobody really killed you through the air. I mean, Christian Kirk, uh, he had an 80-yard TD. But other than that, he didn't do shit. Hopkins didn't really kill you. Fitzgerald had three catches for 22 yards. It was pretty much exactly like you said. It's like all on the ground shit. It's pretty much they had six yards a carry for 40 carries. And that's how they beat your ass. Like, yeah. So you can't let him do that. And yeah, I mean, I think the only guy on the field that has the athleticism to contain Kyler Murray is, and I'll say this, I don't think he's as good an athlete as Kyler Murray, but Jalen Hurts can run. And yes, absolutely. And Micah did a tremendous job containing and fucking him up when we played them earlier this year. Every time, the every one, time Jalen tried to go with the the read option, you know the only him. guy they really struggled with is Taysom Hill of all people. But that was like a big power run QB. That's not Kyler. Well, in the, not the first half the of uh, the Panthers game with yeah. Darnold. Darnold, yeah. So they have shown a little bit of weakness with that. We'll see what DQ does. Um, I have faith in him. I, you know, five and a half does seem high, but I get it. Like, I'm not. Arizona's not they can't really run the ball. I look, I'll give James Conner a lot of prop. He has like 14 touchdowns this year. They've used him great. Like when I was bitching about Kellen Moore and how he was using Pollard and Zeke, I was like, dude, look at Chase Edmonds and Connor. Like Connor's very close to a Zeke equivalent, like a poor man Zeke, and Edmonds is kind of a poor man Pollard. I was like, and they get much more effectiveness out of them, or at least for a stretch did. Um, if you look at numbers, Zeke and Pollard both have better numbers, but We'll see. You know, like I said, I'm not really scared of either of them gashing you, right? Like, yeah, no. Their only receiver that, you know, Christian Kirk doesn't scare you. Rondale Moore is a nice gadget player. He's kind of their Cedric Wilson. But I think you really should, like, if Kyler's legs don't bail them out, I think you should really contain them defensively. I'll say um, it's you spy, you spy Kyler Murray, and you got to make sure somebody watches Kirk and watches Zach Ertz. You don't want. Ertz Zach is kind Ertz of a safety valve, and we've seen Ertz was a cowboy killer early in his yeah, career. Yeah, most definitely. Um, and you know, but I think J. Ron Kurtz can handle that duty. Yeah, I agree. 
I agree. But those are the those are the guys to watch for sure. It's going to be Christian Kirk. Rondell Moore is such a one trick pony. Like in my opinion, he's their like getting ball in space he's, guy. No, he's the Cedric Wilson guy. Like he's their yeah. like let's run a trick play. Okay, bring because they want to give him touches, but they don't know how. Like, yeah, he's he's their... definitely like they just want to get him the ball in open space any way they can. Um, and I do think he's a exciting player. Like the kid is super fast, but yeah, we'll see. We will see what happens there. Well, we'll see. You know, Cliff got kind of shit on for how he handled the clock, too. Like, clock management's never been one of Cliff's strengths. Um, I don't know. This is a very interesting game. Uh, do you have Do you have a prediction, Andy? Well, I'll say this. The Cowboys team that I watched play on Sunday is a fucking juggernaut. They can beat anybody. If that Cowboys team comes to play, they're going to ball out. Um, I really, like you said, I really do trust this defense. They've never lost while I've been in the stadium, and I would love to see a show. So I'm going to say the Cowboys win this game 35-220. Yeah, that's a that's a big number. I like that. Um, I would love to see them build on the offensive end because, like you said, I do – you know, we both trust the defense right now, and I don't see Arizona putting up a lot. I would love to see the offense. I'm gonna say 27 to 20, Cowboys. I think they cover. I think it's a touchdown game. Um, it all comes out. You know, if they get out early again, I mean, we've seen. You can say it's about any team, but Dallas plays so well when they get out on top early. They really absolutely. Um, so I'd love to see this. I'll say 27. Uh, you know, early a couple of weeks ago, I was going to predict this a loss, but just seeing where both teams are, um, I don't know. It, it would it would surprise me and hurt my view of this team a little bit if they lost this game, only because we are playing so well and they aren't. I get they're a little more desperate, and it all depends, obviously, how they look after that. But this is really the last one on your schedule against a contender. I mean, your next two games are against. The Giants and Philly, they're fucking walkthroughs. Um, I really don't feel – I really do not feel like this team is the kind of team that will get complacent and, like, sleepwalk through any games. Um, I almost feel in the long fear, run – Like, you remember like that, that 2018 Colts good game? For them? You think yeah. they'll have, like, a Colts game? That's my only fear. Like, will they just go no. out? Yeah. I don't think they I will think, either, but – I think that this team is so much better than that 2018 team. Like, yeah, I really do think that they are miles more talented. Well, and, and I, when they're playing their game, a thousand. I think times that Denver game was that ball. game for them. I think that Denver game was that yep. game for them, and I really do think it fucked with their head for about a month. And yes, they had to deal with COVID. Many teams have they had to deal injury with, with Dak and lots of stuff. But yeah, certainly I psychologically, think, I definitely think that was the, the their one game that psychologically fucked with them, and so. To your point, I do think they're ready to to go. They haven't had, you know, anything And it came else. at the right time. And in the grand scheme of things, dude, they lost three games. You know what I mean? Like, they, they lost the one at the very beginning oh of the God. year against the Bucks. They're 11-4. and four. That's crazy yeah. good. They're a great team, dude. This is a – this is a. it's really easy. And this is part of why I was so, like, kind of defensive about this team in the last couple of weeks is, like, we don't get teams this good that often in this town every couple of years. You gotta enjoy the run, man. You gotta enjoy it while you can, because, dude, there's gonna be years where like they're just ass and Dax hurt or some shit. They go six and ten. They're eight and eight, whatever. 
dude, enjoy the shit out of an 11 and four year. Because I'll tell you what, 2016, when they went 13 and three, we were like, oh, this is just the beginning, dude. They're going to be so oh, much man. better next year. I, blah, you blah, remember, blah. I yelled at people for this. I said, dude, that is not how the NFL works. Everyone's like, oh, yep. Dak's a rookie, Zeke's a rookie, they'll get better. I was like, that is not how the NFL works, man. You yeah. have to take advantage of these years. You have to take advantage of them. But the people were so ready to be like, oh, it'll be better next year that they kind of looked past that year and v- viewed it as almost bonus because they were so young. But, dude, 2017 sucked. 2018 was rough for big stretches. They got to the playoffs. 2019 was not great. 2020 the, the was awful. Era, they choked 2019 away. 2019 is a joke. Like, we've talked, and I actually wanted to say this when we talked about the division. The division's been so bad for about five years. I mean, the Giants, Washington, and Philly have had nothing pretty much since Philly's Super Bowl year. Nobody has had much. And the fact that you haven't been able to run this division with the only team that really has a franchise QB, 2019 is the the worst mark on Jason Garrett's career of any year of his coaching. A thousand percent. Totally agree. Totally agree. So The fact that you couldn't win that year, oof. Dude, so that's what I'm saying. Like, go, like, when you're when you're – I know it's easy. I do it too. Like I'll sit here and be like, oh, you know, they should have beat this team by more. Like they, they look out of sync. But like, bro, when they're beating the Saints and every team in the division, like enjoy the shit out of this, man, because this is as good as it gets for a lot of teams. And I know that it's we have higher standards here. It's Dallas Cowboys. But, dude, like, dude, ah, let's just hope it goes farther, man. I'm stoked. This is – uh, they could be clicking at the right time if they – if they go out and they mash the Cardinals this weekend, dude, the hype is going to get unreal because they're going to go into this Philly game, handle business, and then it's, dude, it's playoff time. Like right after that, it's 2022 and it's playoffs. And then it's win till you're not, win till you're out. Like that's it. Yeah. And look, they're they're set now, right? I mean, we're we're the two seed. I I really don't know if they'll get the one. You know, the Packers – look really good but hey you keep playing and if they end up as a two seed i'm not two really scared not of i'm not really two scared not of the seven seed is gonna be like new orleans or falcons really? like oh man yeah like you should stomp that the only seed i don't want is if you do drop to the three the only like team that's kind of shitty that scares me that's kind of come on is san fran and they did want to lose it. They don't have a quarterback, dog. I they know. just don't have a quarterback. I. Their and we don't even like good. we're 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 you know we're putting the the cart before the horse here, but uh, it's just one of those like I, I told Zach that's the only team outside of the Big Five that have kind of run the NFC all year, which is us, Green Bay, Tampa, uh, L.A. and Arizona. The only team I would even consider sneaking into six would be San Fran. Everyone else. Should be a cakewalk, in my opinion. But man, Casey is now up to the number one in the power rankings. People were totally eleven to four. They're eleven to well, four. Just, one just, seven dude, straight or some shit. Just Eight like straight. with Dak, dude. People, I dude, I talked to people with, like earlier this year that were like, man, I kind of always knew that Patrick Mahomes was just kind of getting <laughs> lucky, dude. Like he's kind of been exposed. He's not very good. Like, man, people are so recency biased. It's crazy. Well. You know what's funny about this game? We didn't talk. The Cowboys didn't have a three and out in the entire first half. One yeah. of the reasons, I think, for their success. The big thing about KC is everyone's giving them 
like drive success rate is measured by basically least amount of three and outs. And they still led that. They just had a lot of fluky turnovers that put their defense in bad spots. Like that yeah. offense never really fell apart. That yeah, was exactly. That was people. Well, and man, I'm, uh, I'm hoping that what we saw this week was a, a true return to form for the Cowboys and not just a, a nice fluke of our own. So well, that's we'll the see thing. what we'll see. You know, the defense has been, strumming i told zach the one thing i'm interested to see is we've seen the offense have weak games do we see an offensive do we see a defensive off game right and the offense has to carry the load and can they do it I w- i'd be interested to see this i could almost i don't think that will happen because i think the defense has been so good and arizona's offense has been so bad it'd be very fluky if that happened but i do want to see just one more game this year where the offense is like oh shit we gotta we gotta be the the big boys this week so yeah we'll see oh all right man well this is gonna be a hell of a game on sunday i'm very excited it's gonna be awesome i got one thing uh we'll just do a star goat there's no love this week um i'll i'll get his i'll get his vote retroactively but um we'll start with you man you know player of the game who's your goat of the game i mean it's dak prescott dude it's dak prescott after all the questions, the slump talk, the his legs gone, his oh, is Dak ever that good talk? Dak went out there and orchestrated a near perfect day on offense. Three hundred yards touchdown. in the first half. In the first three hundred yards in the first half. Touchdowns to every available offensive player that you can throw a touchdown to. I mean, yeah, it's Dak Prescott. He looked back to his old self. He was threading the needle. I loved it. My, uh, I'll do the star of the game, the walk star, star of the game. Um, first of all, honorable mention to Randy Gregory because that, or not Randy Gregory, sorry, uh, uh, Tank Lawrence because that pick six was nasty and he had a sack. Super nasty. He deserves a lot of love. I really wanted to make it him. And then my other honorable mention, I really wanted to give it to Amari Cooper. I've been hard on Coop. He called for more touches. I think. If they needed him, he could have had a 150 and two TDs type of game. If oh, they did yeah. take their, like he could have absolutely shredded this team. I mean, he was getting open at will. He even had one bad drop, but outside of that, classic Amari Cooper game. But as you said, it's got to be Dak. Um, Dak was just, you know, he the best game we've seen him play in two months, probably. Since the calf, since the calf, in my yeah, opinion. So definitely it's gotta be Dak. So we both give it to Dak. We'll figure out who uh the love of the game is, but uh just want to get that in there. So there you go. Hell yeah, man. Dude, uh it's this is uh it's nice to have one of these pods again. Those the uh mediocre well, I feel good, you know, pods like were rough. Yeah, even when you we were winning, it was just like it just it it hurt seeing what the offense could be and then seeing what it was. I just couldn't reconcile that, but seeing them back to this form, it feels good. It feels good. Oh, and uh shout out to CD lamb for breaking the thousand yard barrier. First 1000 yard season as a cowboy. He, uh, I mean, faster to a thousand yards than Des Bryant. So good for him. Holding up the legacy of 88. You like to see that. You like to see that. So, Oh, Ben, anything else before we get out of here? Um, I have one thing. It is not Cowboys related. Um, I just wanted to bring this up today. 
at this recording. It's Tuesday. We lost a fucking legend in this game. Uh, the great John Madden was reported. Indeed. He passed away. Um, for me personally, that's that's somebody that that I don't know if I get into football the way that I got into it without the voice of John Madden. Um, you know, I tweeted he voiced many, many of my uh, dynasties in Madden. You know, I have so many loops of his voice in my head of of, of certain plays. And, uh, just a true legend of the game, and and you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't at least bring that up and and just say that uh, that's a man who, like so many people that I have a deep affection and, and respect for. So rest in peace to an absolute legend. Absolutely, eighty-five years old today. Um, I mean, dude, a legend at every level of the game. Hall of Fame coach the most iconic, you know, TV football personality of all time. Um, and the namesake of probably the, the entry point of more, you know, young football fans than anyone on planet you know, earth from the Madden. Yeah. Franchise. I saw, I saw a tweet, you know, and I, I don't disagree with it or take that. You could say he's done more for football fandom than, than any person. NFL history yeah. as far as like yeah, a bigger impact of the game, you know, just his name. I mean, those, those video games I played were, were definitely an entry point for me, you know, who's to it's, say it's like him I'm and John there. Heisman who like invented the forward pass as far as like <laughs> innovation and, and creating the football culture we know today. So, well, and I know um, you have a uh, loose ties, your old man, knew yeah. his, his, his kid. So, you know, yeah, they were neighbors, dude. Talk about a different time. Uh, John Madden, the football coach of the Oakland Raiders, and my grandpa, who sold tractors, were neighbors because they made roughly the same amount of money in 1964. So, so they'd probably live in different neighborhoods now. I don't know what the tractor business is like, yeah. but I don't think it's like the NFL coaching business. But yeah, my dad and Mike Madden uh, played high school baseball together and still still maintain contact to this day. But um, you know, my dad has always said tremendously good things about john madden and so it is it's tough to lose such an icon i'm glad he got to live such a long life so many people involved in football go earlier than mm -hmm. they should um so to live to 85 that's a that's a good run um everyone go watch the uh the madden documentary they just made it's really incredible it kind of charts his whole life and uh it, it's nuts i mean it goes into the whole video game thing when they came to him with that idea he loved the idea of kids being able to play as their their biggest heroes um and man dude they've made the, the madden football franchise has made 10 billion dollars it's one of the most wow. successful video game franchises in history so a tremendous i mean just one of those icons that you just like is kind of ever present in my lifetime and it's crazy to in surreal to think that he's gone so definitely dedicate this episode to to john madden um and hopefully the cowboys will go out and squash the cardinals for john madden on sunday yeah one one final thing for him you know um somebody who said it much better than me was he was someone that maybe the original person that had showed you he had a passion for a for something without making you feel dumb, you know, like yeah. he, he never made the few viewer feel dumb about what he was showing or what he was talking about. And you could, he so easily conveyed just how excited he was um, about the sport. He's like the blueprint for all modern 
color analysts for sure. Yep. I mean, people used to kind of make fun of like John Madden was kind of the king of like the key here oh, is he, to get more points here, than the here. Yo, he must here. He must. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and he was kind of the king of like, now you're here. What you're going to want to do here is score more points than the other team. Cause that's going to be what you need to do to win. And it was all very like a lot yeah. of what he would say was just like very passionate basics, but dude, yeah. that's what get. that's why people were able to get into football. Cause like, if you've ever met someone who's never watched a football game, like from Europe or something, and you show them a football game, it makes no fucking sense. Like the game is absurd. They stop oh, yeah. every 10 like seconds. When I try to watch cricket to this day, yeah. I've had two people try to explain cricket to me. I have zero fucking clue what I'm Dude, saying. Dude, it is. I'm, I'm convinced they're just, it's a, a giant ad lib. Like they're just out there doing like, <laughs> yeah, they're just making it up as they go. And it's designed to confuse me. But yeah, John Madden made it accessible. Um, and he's became like kind of the role model and icon for every analyst we've had since. You ask any big time analyst from Aikman to Berman to Tony Romo, they all say they did their best to like study the life and career of John Madden and replicate John and Pat, that. To man, the best I mean, of they, their... you know, I saw a stat too for Cowboys fans. Uh, he was 80 and 60 calling Cowboys games across four networks. That's <laughs> that's 140 Cowboys games. That's basically 10 fucking seasons of Cowboys games, man. I mean, that just tells you how yeah. often the Cowboys had the big the big boy games, baby. Yeah. You know man. we're out here in prime time. We got Madden that much? Hell yeah. I know, man. And that was, you know. How I, many I, Browns like, games did John Madden call? Like 37? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was uh... – Shit, he's on my screen right now as I look over. But, yeah, he, you know, absolute legend. So uh, we probably spent more time on that than I thought. But I just – I wanted to shout him out before. Worth it, you know, man. Definitely worth it. meant something to me and, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners. So, Absolutely. Rest in peace to the man himself. So, all right, Ben, on that note, shall we shake until next week? Yeah, hopefully uh, Mr. Love is recovering nicely. He'll be out of uh, health protocols, hopefully, for next pod. So we'll uh, Yeah, if, we'll he, can pass, uh, if he can pat- get two negative tests in 24 hours, he's allowed back in our facility. So yeah, <laughs> thoughts and prayers. Uh, well, as always, folks, thanks so much for listening. Uh, we certainly appreciate you taking the time to listen uh, to Boys Will Be Boys. If you like what you heard, please feel free to like, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a rating. Uh, if you want to reach out and take part in the conversation, tell us we're right, tell us we're wrong, ask us a question, reach out to us on any of our social media, or hit us with an email at boyswillpod at gmail.com. As always, I'm Andy Gatelli. Ben Walker. This has been Boys Will Be Boys. Take it easy.